I did not like it. No. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I want it out of my life. It felt 10 years long. Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are talking about Indiana Jones and his exploits. Pew. Yeah. Punch, punch. Get those snakes away from me. I don't like a snake. No, but he does like a weird artifact. <laughs> he sure does. The Indiana Jones movies have this wonderful, uh, magical, occult horror bent running through them. Yep. Each and every Indiana Jones movie orbits around a key relic. Typically just one. Occasionally there will be a couple jammed in there. Mm -hmm. And usually the format has it be that the villain is gruesomely murdered. Yeah. <laughs> using the magic of that relic right. at the end. They are adventure films with a good dose of horror. Mm -hmm. I would say that there is like, these are maybe are some like gateway horror. This is, this is like one of those things where like I bristle when people are like, I don't like horror movies. Yeah. But like everybody loves Indiana Jones and I'm sorry, there's scary stuff in there. Not there, throughout, but it's yeah, in there. There is some scary stuff in there. And so we're going to talk about the first two Indiana Jones movies. Um, there is a new one on the way. That mm -hmm. is partly why it's on the brain. Right. And quite frankly, I think that our internal machinery is gearing up exactly at the right time because no sooner did we decide we were going to talk about Indiana Jones 1 and 2 than I saw the marketing machine start to whir to life yeah. for the new movie. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny mm -hmm. comes out in June 2023, so it's coming up in a few months yep. for us. And they just announced Lego sets. Ah, very fun. But they're throwback Lego sets. So they've got three Lego sets, right. Yeah. right? And so, oh, sweet. Like, they're probably, well, there are three original movies. It's probably a Lego set per movie, right? That would make sense. Wrong. They made two Lego sets for Indiana Jones 1. Mm -hmm. They skipped Indiana Jones 2. And they made a third set for Indiana Jones 3. Everyone wants to pretend that the movie Kristen will be talking about today, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, doesn't exist. I would love to pretend that it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm so excited that this I is I did the not one. like that at all. I love that you had to look at this. Ugh. I can't tell you how happy it makes me. I've seen it before, but I didn't really remember it. Ugh. I'll be talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark, and so I think that's where we're going to begin. Yep. It's the first Indiana Jones movie, but if I'm being honest, I'm just waiting until Kristen has to talk about Temple of Doom. I don't even know what to say. Oh, I can't. I don't care. Its, it's reputation is earned. I really thought it sucked. Oh, it's going to be great. And I told Will last week, for some reason, I feel like I... Well, I guess I kind of know the reason we figured, because our dad loved these movies, yeah. so he would watch them... And for some reason, I would just always catch the beginning part where it's Jessica Capshaw singing Anything Goes. And yeah. I feel like I've seen that, just that intro, double the times I've actually seen the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <sighs> and that's fine. I wish I just left it there. Uh, the opening of Temple of Doom, I, I really, really like. Yeah, no, the opening was good. I was like, oh, okay, this should be fun. And then it rapidly became not fun. Almost immediately, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom makes you just go like, ooh, Want to be somewhere else. Oh, yeah. I'd it's rather be doing anything else. It's a bad movie on its own. Uh, it's also very racist. Oh, incredibly racist. And it's just really unpleasant and gross. There's so much gross stuff in it. Yeah. Whatever. We're putting the cart before the horse. We are. So go ahead. There, There's a string of uh, not only horror, but uh, questionable moral and ethical choices in Indiana Jones. Oh, definitely. Everywhere. Like, I don't understand what was going on with Indy and Willie the the love interest in this mm -hmm. like i don't know about indiana and marion in the first one where she goes oh, i yeah. was a child yes whoa i've got some information for you on that front all right let's let's get into talking about well, it let's talk about indiana jones i'm taking it back even before the movie existed because mm -hmm. i think some of this is fun and there's some of the lore that i enjoy about hollywood almost yeah. george lucas made a movie called american graffiti it's about kids in the 50s. There's like drag racing. Harrison Ford is there. Ham pressing. Ham pressing. A lady uh, puts her bare butt cheeks on a window to prank a kid and he's offended. It's awesome. She goes, hey, kid. Hey, kid. And he looks and there's a he's like, oh. pushing her butt on the window and he's all like, oh, like it's gross. It's great. It's wonderful. So That's like the only part I've seen of that movie. That's all you need to see. Yeah. That's all you need to know about American Graffiti. Otherwise, seems to have been forgotten, except for between the two of us. That. Hey, kid. Yeah. 
Pretty hey, good. Kid. So, while George Lucas is making that movie, he sees posters that remind him of his childhood watching these old 1930s serials. Mm -hmm. Literally just adventure movies where, you know, um, uh, handsome, charismatic men go on globe-hopping trips and, yeah. you know, risk life and limb, whatever. And he got it in his head, boy, wouldn't it be fun to now, here, in the 70s, 80s, Make a B movie mm -hmm. that throws back to 40 years ago yeah, cinema. The Penny Theater. Yes, exactly. And so Indiana Jones was really born as this almost like meta, like stunt of a film, which huh. is kind of fun. Like intentionally kind of schlocky. Yes. Oh. Which is cool, yeah. I think. Um, but his original conception when he brought it to uh, Philip Kaufman um, was that Indiana Smith. Mm hmm was a nightclub-going womanizer paleontologist, or archaeologist. Yeah. Um, and Philip Kaufman was like, why don't we, uh, let's change some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So he became a professor. Right. And it was Philip Kaufman himself, not George Lucas, who went, you know what, Indiana Jones versus Nazis, and they're fighting over the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. And the Ark of the Covenant is the big central first relic of the franchise. It is the MacGuffin yeah. around which the story orbits. MacGuffin being a term that I think is said to have originally been coined by Alfred Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. Just being, it's what is the thing that everybody is obsessed with in the movie. It almost doesn't right. matter what it is. But there's an object, an artifact, a something. That like drives all the action. Exactly. A MacGuffin. What is something in golf that kind of sounds like that? Mulligan. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> so um, weirdly, what's kind of fun is they had to shelve their Indiana Smith plans for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, because George Lucas got it into his head he wanted to make a space adventure using another old serial character, Flash Gordon. Ah. He could not get the rights to Flash Gordon, so he was stuck having to do it himself. Huh. Star Wars. Yeah. Both of his gigantic franchises are distinctly him being like, I want to do what's been done before, but with my But I can't call it. it that, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It just goes to say, you don't need permission to tell your stories. Sure, Creators, yes. Creators, writers, write your, your stories, whatever they may be. Mm -hmm. um, also, here's a detail. George Lucas, um, during the launch of Star Wars, vacationed with Steven Spielberg, who himself was bummed that he wouldn't be able to make a James Bond movie. Oh. So George Lucas went, let me tell you about Indiana Smith. Uh-huh. We're off and running. American James Bond. Oh. By the time you get to the temple, uh, by the time you get to the third movie, the, um, the Last Crusade. Yeah. Uh, you end up having Indiana Jones's father, Sean Connery, yes. the original James Bond. Oh, yeah, you're right. Is Steven Spielberg involved in this? He's the director. Oh, I thought George Lucas directed it. No, Steven Spielberg directed one, two, three, and four. Oh, oh I guess I did know that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he is, for the first time, not going to be directing, and instead it's going to be James Mangold mm -hmm. of Logan. Oh, okay. Doing the fifth Indiana Jones movie. Mm -hmm. Bit of serendipity. I once wrote a joke script. What if Indiana Jones was as gritty That's as Logan? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very weird. That is weird. But so here's another little tidbit. As they were working on Indiana Smith, bit by bit, he became Indiana Jones. Yeah, way better. Also, this got excised, mostly. Quote, Lucas suggested Marion, the love interest, would have a romantic past at the age of 11. With the much older Jones. Ay, ay, ay. Spielberg replied, she had better be older. Yeah, she certainly had better be. I tip my hat to you, Steven Spielberg. 11. George Lucas, what was going what on the there? Fart. They don't say that in the movie, thankfully, but they do still have that one leftover line, I was a child. Right. You knew what you were doing. Oh, my God. Woof. 11. Woof. All right, let's talk artifacts, though, right? Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark comes out 1981. To some extent, Lego got it right. There are two. Mm -hmm. It opens with the very, very, very iconic fertility idol. This is the, the big Indiana Jones chase scene where the boulder is chasing him and stuff. Yep. I've got the story. In the movies, this is a Chachapoyan fertility idol. Mm -hmm. It seems to be depicting... A woman smiling slash grimacing. Yeah. Never noticed this before. She's actively giving birth. Huh. 
there is a baby that's coming out from her knees as she is, I guess, crouched down on the ground. Right. So this um, uh, fertility idol was hidden in a a, a temple and uh, it was protected by numerous booby traps, including spike walls that can fling out and spear you across your entire body, killing you instantly. Yeah. Stabby pits, where if you fall down, there are stabby big spikes in there that'll... So they're just making sure they can get you from the left, the right, and the bottom. What we got coming from the top? Oh. Anything? Yeah, a wall that can come down and might crush you. Okay. His hat almost got crushed. Don't tell me. They just want to turn you into a cube. Sickening. There are pressure panels that you walk across, and if you hit the wrong ones... A poison dart will shoot right out at you. Oh, nice. And then, of course, the big one. A pedestal on which the fertility idol sits with the exact correct weight. Everything's fine. So right. Indiana Jones sizes it up. He's got a bag of sand. Oh, I think it's a little lighter. Throws out some of the sand. Mm-hmm. Makes the swap. He thinks that he's done it correctly. He's gotten the idol and he's put the exact right weight on the pedestal. Uh-oh. But as he turns around, the pedestal sinks. Here and comes the boulder. Sudden, the boulder starts rolling and he has to run out of the temple, run past all of the shooting poison arrows and stuff, jump right. the pit. And the boulder ultimately, when he escapes, boom, seals the temple shut forever. As a kid, I just knew this as a, a super dope opening set piece. Yeah. Where like in a nutshell, you get the idea that this guy goes on adventures for a MacGuffin, a treasure. It almost doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be pits in his way, traps right. in his way. The more that I watch the movie, and I've, I have to assume I've seen this movie like a couple dozen times. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that this temple has this mechanism. If somebody breaks in and we find out about it, emergency Release the boulder that will seal the temple shut with all of them inside. Right. No one's getting it out. It's like mousetrap. It is like mousetrap. Kind of. Yes. Some big, silly Rube Goldberg machine that ultimately concludes the life of anybody foolish enough to venture into the temple. Right. Now, Will, I'm glad you mentioned something about watching it when you were a kid. We skipped over something quite crucial to our show. Yeah. What is your history with Indiana Jones? Undeniably, I mean, you touched on it. Dad was really into these movies. Mm -hmm. Our father uh, was born in the 30s. I think that he did have some firsthand awareness of the serials. Yeah. And so I wonder, because these movies would not come out until he was in his 40s. Right. I wonder, though, if he saw these movies and they sort of spoke to him the way that the concept maybe spoke to George Lucas when he first had the thought, like this harkens back to my childhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he had an undeniable fondness for these movies. And I think a big part of that was that he could share them with his kids. Yeah. The way that he would have seen serials when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. And he was absolutely right. I grew up watching these movies endlessly, endlessly on different formats, Laserdisc, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. I've always had them. I will always have them. Mm-hmm. I love them. Yeah. But a lot of the gruesome you die at the end stuff, that used to truly scare me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's scary stuff in this for a kid. Mm-hmm. How about yeah. you? I didn't watch them as much, really. Really? Yeah. Like, definitely I was aware that dad had them and loved them. And I saw them. But I must have seen them, like, the one time or something and been like, eh. Not really, really for me. So it's not something that I repeatedly watched as a kid at all. Oh, I have a tremendous fondness for this series. I even I like controversially, them. I like four. Kingdom of I the Crystal like Skull. Four. I also like four. I do like them, but I don't have this like I don't know. It it wasn't like a huge thing for me at all. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mythologize too much. I mean, we know our obsessions with Blair Witch and Scream. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, quite frankly, is is Close to up there for me. Yeah. I really love this this series. Part of it, yeah, it reminds me of Dad. It definitely reminds me of Dad, Especially yeah. the third one, which is all about, you know, mm-hmm. father issues. I think a lot of people probably have a similar association with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have an absolute fondness for it. And when they announced the, the fifth one and I watched the trailer for it, for sure, I got a little... Like, it's the first one that's going to exist without dad being alive. I know, I know. And I, and I was kind of thrown by that, and I showed it to Zoe. Mm-hmm. And she said, more Indiana Jones at the end I of it. I know, and it, you told me. It, like, it hit me, you yeah. know? Like, these these were part of my relationship with dad to some extent. That's really nice. I, and, I, and I really love them. Even when they're bad, I like them. Temple of Doom, I'll rag on till the end of, mm-hmm. you know, my life. 
<laughs> and, and I don't like it. I don't think it's a good movie, yeah. but I do like it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, Yeah, it's, I totally know what you mean. I have a fondness for it, an appreciation for it, even if I think the actual material itself, like, yeah. it's the rare thing where, like, I can skip in mm-hmm. a rewatch. And you know me, I do not skip. That's extremely rare. I'm surprised to hear that. I do not like Temple of Doom. It's terrible. it's part of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's terrible. No, oh, I, I can't wait. I really hated it. So, um, all right. So we're we're sort of through this uh, fertility idol concept. I do think it's kind of fun. I found some extended lore that's relatively short. Indiana Jones in some comic or book somewhere. I don't know. I haven't read everything. I've seen mm-hmm. the movies. He returns to that very same temple and the boulder is still blocking the entrance. Yeah. So he finds a way to get in and discovers that with the boulder having rolled through the entire temple, it got destroyed in part, revealing that the chamber that had the fertility idol was only the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. There is far more treasure yeah, it's elsewhere awesome. within. There's also some extended lore about how he took the idol and he wanted to get it for a museum. In the movie, it gets stolen by a rival archaeologist named Belloc. Yeah. Indiana Jones in extended lore goes, finds the idol, gets it back, puts it in a museum. It belongs in a museum. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Another Nazi came and took it. He follows them to Brazil and gets it back again. Yeah. Boy, People, he can't I, keep his eyes on this thing. It's true. Yeah. And there's even a uh, an unused concept here that's weird. During early development of Indiana Jones 4, Frank Darabont's script featured a drunk Indiana Jones stealing the idol again from the National Museum after he unfairly lost his job at the university. Like O.J. Simpson. Like O.J. Simpson. (laughs) Whoa, you're right. He wanted his old memorabilia back. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want this to be the start of my India. He got fired? (laughs) No, definitely not. That, That was a good edit. Although I do think that this idol is so iconic like yeah. it's it's meaning and there's no magic to it necessarily mm-hmm. that we've ever seen in the movie itself but it's so recognizable i yeah. would not be shocked to see it referenced or or appear in a future movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah so let's get to the to the big guy the okay. ark of the covenant and this does speak to some sort of real world you know religious iconography right do you have an issue or <laughs> So we've referenced it before, but we do the show, we record the show live every week on youtube.com slash gttupod, and we have a screen behind us where Will sometimes puts up like reference material, and we try not to refer to it too much because this is primarily an audio show, but the reference material that Will has found for the Ark of the Covenant is like a Barbie Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, (laughs) First of all... He is kneeling on, you know, one knee with the other one bent at a 45 degree angle, but his foot back there. Yeah, his foot's bent in the wrong direction. Is displaced. Doesn't look good. But he otherwise looks quite austere. He definitely does. Posing with the Ark of the Covenant. Maybe a little bit of cock to the head. A little. A little. A bit of pride. Yeah. I stumbled across this, couldn't believe (laughs) that somebody posed their figure with the Ark of the Covenant like this. And Kristen, till I pulled it up just now, plum forgot I put it there. (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) There's a toy. (laughs) That's the best. A toy Indiana Jones with a toy Ark of the Covenant. But let's talk about the. uh, I'll tell you about the real thing a little bit. (laughs) Because the Ark of the Covenant is not just for the movie. Yeah. It is a real piece of religion it's an Mm -hmm. actual relic that appears in like the bible right yeah so this is from the wikipedia page for the ark of the covenant you know we're we're dealing with religion in this one i don't know but religion is a part of folklore right? yeah so the ark of the covenant is quote an alleged artifact believed to be the most sacred relic of the israelites which is described as a wooden chest covered in pure gold with an elaborately designed lid called the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. Now, any jokes about thunderpots, get them out of your head. The mercy <laughs> seat, don't go there, okay? Don't go. You, you just made me realize the silence around thunderpots was deafening, deafening. from our audience. Deafening. <laughs> Come on. No one had anything to say. Shrimp I don't know if that's true. Actually, I think, it, I think in our Discord, I think somebody said something about it. So I saw mind. some calls yeah. for thunderpot merch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. I did. You're absolutely right. But yeah. I, I would have liked from... it to be more of a roar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. More, more thunder than just the trickle that he all gave us. <laughs> anyway, according to the book of Exodus, the Ark contains the two stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. Huge. Big if true. So, <laughs> <laughs> Big if true. It also evidently contains Aaron's rod. Aaron is Moses' brother. Okay. 
feels like a lesser relic to me Definitely. for that reason. Well, yeah. his brother. A little bit of a Roger Clinton situation. You want to put my rod in there too? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, let him throw it in. Sure. I guess it was magic in some way itself. Yeah. And a pot of mana. Mana ah. being a, a food that the gods provided mm -hmm. uh, when the Israelites were lost for 40 days in the desert. Um, or is it days or is it years? Years. Okay. I apologize. All right. The Ten Commandments themselves, obviously, th this is known to many people. Mm -hmm. The idea is that God led Moses to a burning bush, provided him with the Ten Laws on two stone tablets. Yeah. But I didn't know this. According to the biblical narrative, the first set of tablets inscribed by the finger of God were smashed by Moses when he was enraged by the sight of children of Israel worshiping a golden calf. Oh. He smashed. He hoped the, out. The, the very tablets that God's own finger chiseled. Hmm. In a ra he rage quit. Yeah. Yeah. And then he made a second set that were chiseled by Moses and rewritten by God, hmm. which is interesting. But so yeah. it's the smashed pieces that are said to be contained in this gigantic uh, okay. relic, which itself was dictated by God how it's supposed to be built. So there's like a whole thing. It is uh, two and a half cubits in length, one and a half cubits in breadth, one and a half cubits in height. And it's made out of acacia wood that is then gilded with gold. It's got little ringlets on the sides yeah. where you could slide sticks through to be able to pick this thing up. And here's why this was significant and powerful. The Ark was carried by the Israelites during their 40 years of wandering in the desert. During the crossing of the River Jordan, quote, the river grew dry as soon as the feet of the priests carrying the Ark touched its waters. That in its out. history, the Ark finds itself, you know, stolen, changing hands, and it eventually is said to have been stored in um, uh, a temple that was then uh, attacked in 587 BC by the Babylonians. It is then that it falls into myth. Okay. But, I mean, it's mythic to begin with. Yeah. Anyway, but that's sort of like the background lore. Mm-hmm. Um, now to the movie events, how the movie handles this. Yeah. So, powerful relic, capable of great magic, contains the, the tablets of laws dictated by God to Moses. And here's how it's established in the film, and I always loved this. Mm -hmm. they, they play this like the John Williams score. They make it so like heavy and mysterious and deadly yeah. as they go through their sort of like lesson right. from Indiana Jones about what they're dealing with when asked by a couple of agents to go after it. Colonel Musgrove pointing to a picture where the arc is opening and rays of like God light shoot, shoot out uh, goes, now what's that supposed to be coming out there, those rays of light? Indiana Jones says, lightning, fire, the power of God or something. Yeah, he's what always, have you? He's yeah. always got this put upon, right. I don't know if I really buy it, but it's, he respects the history and the folklore yeah. of it, it seems. Uh, a major says, I'm beginning to understand Hitler's interest in this. <laughs> it is said that Adolf Hitler had a fascination with the occult and believed yeah. that this powerful relic, if in the hands of his army, would make the Nazis unstoppable. So mm -hmm. Indiana Jones better get there first. Yeah. His buddy uh, Brody uh, goes on to say, for nearly 3,000 years, man has been searching for the lost Ark. It's not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. Like they're they're really An entirely it up. new adventure. Yeah, it's exciting though, and it's scary. And yeah. Indiana Jones again, he sort of laughs it off. He goes, "What are you trying to do? Scare me? You sound like my mother. We've known each other for a long time. I don't believe in magic. A lot of superstitious hocus pocus." <laughs> I'm going after a find of incredible historic significance. You're talking about the boogeyman. Besides, you know what a cautious fellow I am. And he tosses his gun into his luggage. Yeah. Like this adventure is set up so excitingly. Yeah. There is danger afoot. Yes. Ghoulishness. Wonderful. Uh, and then one other quote that I took down, his buddy Sala uh, says the Ark, if it is there at Tanis, where it's believed to be buried, mm -hmm. then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Death has always surrounded it. It is not of this earth. Best not disturb it. Of course, they do disturb it. Of course. Uh, the Nazis do get a, a 
a hold of it. Yeah. Th- throughout the entire movie, like it shows like weird powers. Like they put it in a crate on a submarine and then at some point a rat is sniffing around it and the, the Nazi swastikas on the side of the crate, mm-hmm. they're mean old Nazis. Yeah. And it starts to burn and singe as if the Ark of the Covenant inside mm-hmm. is like emanating such energy that it's burning the yeah. wood that it's contained in. Or maybe just burning the evil symbol. Maybe the the goodness of yeah. it is just kind of stamping out the evil. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But so at the end of the movie, um, uh, Belloc, this rival archaeologist, has Indiana Jones and Marion tied up. And Indiana says, they're, you know, they're going to open it. Don't look at it. Because mm-hmm. those god rays are going to shoot out. They're too out. powerful. Yeah. And so the Nazis do open and they look inside and it's just sand. Mm-hmm. Nothing but sand. Until stuff starts to pop out ghosts there are ghosts at the end of raiders of the lost ark yeah there's literally a ghost lady that flies at the camera and her beautiful face like an angel becomes <laughs> one of a skeleton right and all the nazis start realizing that like the magic that they thought that they were going to be able to control is actually like a pandora's box that's going to devour them yeah and so the the big evil nazis one by one are destroyed they're mm-hmm. killed either with a blast through the chest yep or uh, Belloc, the big evil archaeologist, his head full on explodes. Yeah, totally. One of their heads like squishes in, and then the other like main bad guy Nazi, this guy Tote, mm-hmm. um, his face melts. Right. <laughs> Belloc sounds like a demon name. Belloc. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But this guy Tote, like the, it's literally like a, a time lapse of a candle melting. Right. The 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 like the like you know peachy flesh tone of his skin drips away to red that starts running down his face like it's candle crazy wax. Looking. His eyeballs turn white. His jaw hangs open, and there's a screaming sound. Yep. In the audio, and there I am, you know, <laughs> like smiling <laughs> as a child. It was yeah. horrific. Yeah. Absolutely horrific. It's messed up. And it's messed up, dude. I don't think anything else in the franchise has ever touched that moment. I don't think so. I don't think they've even tried to. No, no. Because it is so graphic. It's out there. And disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's like something out of Hellraiser. Yeah. All of a sudden at the end of this fun, yes. silly adventure movie where people are quipping and stuff. Yep. Um, so that is essentially the Ark of the Covenant. I've got a couple of Easter eggs in The Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. They are uh, going underground for something. They see writing on the wall, and one of them seems to depict the Ark of the Covenant. And then yeah. he goes like, the Ark of the Covenant. And the woman that he's with, played by Allison Duty. Mm-hmm. Of course. Don't make a joke. I'm not. She goes, are you sure? And he goes, pretty sure. Pretty sure. So yeah. walks on. And then um, it's a blink and you'll miss it. But um, the way Indiana Jones ends is top men are going to take the Ark and put it away. They bring it to Area 51, yeah, where it is just one of countless crates. Yes. Almost to suggest that the events of this adventure are a drop in the bucket. Yeah, there it's are no global, big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, powerful relics like this all stored. Good old Uncle Sam's got them in a bunker somewhere. Yeah. Well, at the start of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indy is tasked with going into that very warehouse. There's a big adventure scene, and again... Many people may not have picked up on this, but um, at one point the camera sweeps across the warehouse and comes down and lands on a broken crate. Uh And if you look really closely, um, the Ark of the Covenant is in there. And by look really closely, I mean the camera pushes in (laughs) and they play the theme from the first movie and it lingers there for a solid four and a half hours. Really have to keep your eyes open. But blink and you'll miss it. It's a very (laughs) clever way to hide an Easter egg. It's really embedded in there. (laughs) Many people have taken a page out of that book since. You may not have noticed. Yeah. Um, but so that's the Ark of the Covenant and the Fertility Idol Excellent. from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Beautiful. Our first two powerful relics in the Indiana Jones franchise. Yes. Thank you very much, Will. Oh, you're welcome. Now, from one powerful relic to another, digitally captured. Oh, my God. You need to check out this new podcast called Digital Folklore. It is a super polished, funny adventure through the wide world of online culture and modern folklore. Immersive. Fun. But don't worry, it's also educational. It's a bit as like uh, if Scooby-Doo 
were a documentary. Mm-hmm. Is it not already? Of course. Yeah, right. Are you saying Those that Scooby-Doo car- is fictional? Is that cartoon not <laughs> fact-based? Hmm. Um, sounds like something for an episode, Will. Sounds like it, sis. Talk about unknown. Hosts Perry and Mason blend a richly sound-designed fictional world with expert interviews to explore how the subject of folklore is so much more than you might think. That's right. They cover all kinds of stuff. They've got memes, creepypastas, ARGs, fan fiction. They even cover myths and disinformation as all examples of modern folklore. You'll learn more than you expect and probably fall in love with their raccoon mascot as well, which I recommend checking out. And they have awesome stuff. And a recent episode that's super cool is The Mummy's Curse. Awesome. That's kind of along these lines. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of uh, archaeology, Mm -hmm. digging up dusty old things. Yeah. Hell yeah. So go search for Digital Folklore in your podcast app or go to digitalfolklore.fm. Get into it. And I know I said it last time, but it's a very cool website. So you should go check it out. Totally. Okay. So before we move on to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I always forget the name. I always just think Indiana Jones too. We also need to make sure that you know about our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash gttupod. And it's an awesome way to support the show. We have a bunch of different tiers. You can check it out and see what works for you. And we have a whole second podcast called the Netherworld Dispatch that comes out every single Monday. And if you join us on the Demon Tier, you get every episode of that but there are ways to you know kind of work your way down and get fewer and it's all awesome totally go mm-hmm. poke around yeah most recent episode of the netherworld dispatch is our long-awaited review of yes. scream six yes we put out a free taste on the podcast feeds and on our youtube channel uh we start spoiler free you'll get our recommends you'll get our thoughts without giving anything away mm-hmm. and then we give an ample warning before we let loose but right. it's a long conversation we've picked up on a lot of things we've got a lot of thoughts yeah uh, super fun. Go check it out. Scream 6 in theaters now mm-hmm. at our review on patreon.com slash pod. And a huge thanks to everybody who's uh, already a patron or might become one. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate you guys like you have no idea. And there's also a Discord if that's something that you're interested in. And a lot of people are. We have a lot of awesome people talking in our Discord every single day. And you can only get that through Patreon. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes, please. This movie stinks. (laughs) My fondness for Raiders of the Lost Ark Mm -hmm. is really like, like, I don't know, the the, the second one. It's just so unpleasant. Wildly. Uh, So I'm going to tell you the basic plot of it, and then I'm going to kind of go through some of the artifacts and dig into those a little bit more or things that are associated with them. All right. So the basic plot is, and I, I wrote it down, I'll, you know, whatever. The basic plot is that Indy escapes a crime boss and unites with his trusted companion, Short Round. Uh, who is Ki Hui Kwan, who just won the Oscar this week for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people saying like, hey, if Indiana Jones passes the torch, pass it to Short Round. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I'd be very into that. Short Round, people don't like Short Round, right? Or they didn't at the time or something? They thought it was like gimmicky? I'll tell you what. I'm guessing. I, um... I don't particularly like Short Round. <laughs> I like Short Round. <laughs> if anything, it was a bright spot for me. He is, you know... It, it, Talk to- about relief. Talk I, about I comic relief. You are very right that he is one of the sole bright spots of the movie, which is otherwise dour and angry. Except for when he's getting whipped. Yes, and crying. Yeah. And begging for Indiana Jones to recognize him and stuff. Oh, my God. But I, I do like the idea of Indiana Jones um, having something like a ward or an adopted son, or yeah. I don't know what that relationship is. Yeah, exactly. the Robin to his Batman. Yes, there are there are things that I certainly like about Short Round, but there are just as many moments where it's like, I I was never on board with that schmaltzy. I do get it, yeah. That, that like kid power thing that Steven Spielberg likes where it's like <laughs> yeah you're right he's tied wood blocks to his shoes so he can drive a car like it, hold on to your like, potatoes oh my god it's like in Hook where like those kids wear like they go to war wearing baseball referee like, yes. masks and pads. And I don't care for this either. A gun that shoots chicken eggs and stuff. Like all this like kid power fantasy stuff that Steven Spielberg was into in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It always made me want to puke. I know. 
I can't stand it. The Goonies. It's gross, no, man. I'm not there. I'm not into it. No, I'm not either. Uh, but no, I, I did like Short Round. <laughs> but I, I understand why why people don't. Um, so yeah, he joins up with his trusted companion Short Round and a nightclub singer named Willie who got caught up in the melee. I can't stand Willie. <laughs> yeah, this is the other one. This is Kate Capshaw, Steven Spielberg's wife. Yeah. Can't take her. Indy! She's just screaming, screaming all the time. Everybody in this movie is like screaming and yelling all the time. Oh. It's 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 a hard watch. It's yeah. so funny too because Raiders of the Lost Ark is such a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I know. It is such a great like every flavor in that movie goes together. They're lucky they made a third one after this one. Oh. This is terrible. It this is this is this movie is horrible. It really is. This is the worst Indiana Jones movie. This is why, by, by the way, far. and now in in our privileged bubble here, where I don't have to hear anybody scoff at me for being like four is better. Right, four is so much I, better. I mean, I completely agree. Oh my god! In a yeah. in a world where two exists I and know. it's this, you know, who, four is like a breath of fresh. You know who um, strongly disagrees with us on this point? Our friend Bethany Watson. <sighs> We're going to have to have, <laughs> how do we have like a fight podcast? <laughs> I know. You know? <laughs> I know. We're going to have to reconcile this. We're going to have but, to talk about this. Uh, anyway. All right. I have to stop interrupting. So they escape this nightclub by sneaking onto a plane and they dive out onto an inflatable raft when the plane is set to crash because the bad guys flying it realize that Indy and friends are there. So they left in parachutes. It's really quite a sequence. Hell of a this sequence. This is crazy. The, the, yeah. Things are just going nuts. And something that I forgot. Did you catch the Dan Aykroyd cameo? I have in the past because I know what our you're talking friend, about. But our no. friend Dan Aykroyd is there. Yeah. Indiana Jones escapes from Club yeah, Obi Wan. Right. First of all. Right. Hold on to your potatoes. Says <laughs> short round, and I go, "What? I got What does that mean? You. Is this a phrase? I I think that because I've seen the intro to this so many times, I like. Half wasn't. Comp I was watching it, but I feel like I like wasn't fully focused on it because I was like, I know all of this. Also, do he and Willie have a past? No. That's even weirder. Then yes, that's so strange. Yes, because things that happen later, basically, they're kind of they make out. They're like, you know, they're expecting that one of them is going to like sneak into the other's room so they can like do it and stuff. And I was like, huh? They they must have a romantic history that I didn't pay attention. All right, so I, I was fine then. For me... I was like, I must have missed them setting this up. For me, they have the opposite of chemistry. I completely agree. What's bad chemistry? Do we have a word for that? I, Didn't we do this? I've been yeah, saying yeah, this yeah. all the time. <laughs> but about chemistry, I think you said this to me. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's it's terrible. It's it's cold. Yes. Um, and uh, she, I think, is, is horrifically annoying. She plays like she's like a character on a Saturday morning cartoon version of Indiana Jones. Yes. Indy! There, there is a guy like that in the fourth one who calls him Jonesy. He's going, oh, yeah. Jonesy! That guy, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's so, he's the Willie Scott of four. He's annoying, too. Yeah, it's yeah. bad, too. Oh. Um, but, uh, no, uh, Indiana Jones escapes from Club Obi-Wan. Right. Lao Shea tried to poison him. Right. And almost gave him the antidote to what? To the poison you just drank. <laughs> I love that. I do like that, I yeah. love that. To the poison. He's, like, laughing. I know. But then they go to get a plane, and there's a man... Who they never show close up at all, and he goes, uh, "Well met, old boy. I've got I've got a plane for you. The only problem is you'll be riding with some chickens." Right. That's Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> right. I forgot that. I wish when I watched it, I like remember. You can't even tell that it's him. Yeah, yeah. But it is him. Right. Yeah. It's so weird. So um, they land or like you know make their way to a village in India where the locals beg them to find their missing children who have been whisked away by bad guys and a sacred stone missing from their shrine to Shiva. Indy figures that it's one of the five Sankara stones said to be given to humans by the gods to help them fight evil. And Indy is right. From there, it's a caper where Indy and co make contact with the, with the Maharaja, the local child's leader. And Indy tells the whole gang at this palace uh, that he thinks that the thuggy cult may be the source of the issues that they're having at, is it Pankot Palace? I didn't Pankot write it down. Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the Maharaja is like, nah. But it is absolutely the case. What about the dinner they have? Do you have any thoughts <laughs> about the dinner they eat? Disgusting. Disgusting. This is all I wanted, Disgusting. everybody. Disgusting. Like I said, I have <laughs> seen this before, but I really didn't remember it. Mm -hmm. 
They eat. God, I love this. Oh God, I hated it. I, if I remembered this movie, yeah. I would have actually. I was gonna say I would have said no to this episode. I would have come around, but I would have been like, oh, I don't know, and oh. then I would have eventually caved. I have texts from Kristen because sometimes, <laughs> listen, sometimes you're doing a show and you just got to get the research done. Mm-hmm. You don't always have time to watch right. the actual thing that you're researching. Right. So I texted Chrissy. And I, I said, um, what did I say here? Make sure you watch too. Mm-hmm. I want you to look at it. Yeah. And Kristen Bastard. said, it absolutely sucks. I did. I did not like it. No. I don't even want to talk about it. I want it out of my life. It felt 10 years long. I want it out of my life, you said. I do. I did. I, I was just like, oh, I couldn't wait for it to be over when I was watching it. Like, it's just so, it's gross a lot. It's so just unpleasant. Everybody's screaming. It's just an onslaught of a movie. Now, you like the movie Clue where they eat monkey brains. Why don't you like this? Well, they don't show them eating monkey brains like that. Where where there's literally a monkey. popular in Cantonese cuisine. Not often to be found in Washington, D.C. Right. No, so... Monkey Brain is almost the least of it, actually. Oh, Snake Surprise? Actually, yes. Snake Surprise (laughs) made me want to die. What's the surprise? First of all, not unlike Indiana Jones, I really don't like snakes. I I really don't. Um, Yeah, you've often said that you feel like there's just something not quite right when you look at them or something, right? Like there's some old instinct in you. Yes. There's some sort of like ancestral... (laughs) rejection right some evolutionary thing that i don't like that they don't have legs but they can i don't like i really I don't like them you. i don't like thinking about it. yeah so anyway so the snake surprise they brought is like a gigantic snake bad enough i mean i just figured like oh they're gonna eat the snake but i didn't think anything would really happen i, I was just like oh the gag is that right. by the way the gag is how weird and crazy these primitive people are everything right. it's gross on another level because it's like super racist Every, everything here is is hyper diaper <laughs> like racist like yeah even all, all the cultural stuff there's supposed to be a fish out of water thing it's one joke that gets extended for like 10 minutes of willie being like i don't have anything to eat she like tries to eat her soup and an eyeball bubbles up in it right. like oh people in india eat, eat weird stuff am i right yeah, like nonstop. The leader's a little boy. What? Yeah, it's, this isn't the way it is in America. What? It's, it's just like it's they just all of that. Hit it countless times, countless, countless times. Yeah, snakes. They even got this guy at the table. Ooh, snake surprise! He's all excited about it. It's that they cut open the snake and more snakes flop like, and tumble out of it. But they're like wet snakes. Are those yeah. even snakes? They're like eels or something. If or they're like wet, leeches. they're still snakes. <laughs> they're but they're different. I don't know. It was very gross. So that that was the worst part for me. Yeah. And then uh, what Will's talking about is that he's like, you know, because Willie is flipping out even at the table or whatever. And he's like, oh, don't worry. Dessert is coming or something. And it's all little monkey heads that you're eating the brains out of. Severed monkey heads. And then you, you pull the scalp off and you scoop the brains out with a spoon. He even like eats a giant beetle where he's like licking the, yeah, right, the, right. the exoskeleton clean. And the whole thing is just so that you can look over at Willie, who's like, gulp. Yeah, right. Oh, yuck. And meanwhile, Indiana Jones is right. He's going like, mm-hmm. you're embarrassing me. Yes. Like you're being she's rude. being very rude and embarrassing. There is a nice thing, mm-hmm. admittedly, that happens when like the, the villagers are asking them to go to the palace initially. They give them food. Yeah. And it's like a, a pile of food on a palm leaf mm-hmm. or something. And Willie's like, ah, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. And Indiana Jones goes, this is more food than these people have in a week. You're right. insulting them by right. not eating it. Like, that's that's vaguely interesting. And the idea that yeah. he is not... There's an awareness there. Yes, that his yeah. character, at least, is not um, grossed out or offended by other cultures. Well, he's a man of the world. Is a good thing. Yeah. But the way the movie portrays another culture is to cartoonify it and try to make sure that you think it's gross. Yeah, The char- besides Willie, it's not like the other characters are constantly reacting to things being like, what are these people? Yeah. But that's what the movie is projecting. Yes, um, It's exactly. not good. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, she's like flipping out or whatever. And, uh you know, like I said, it's it's not really integral to the plot or the artifacts, but there's this that weird scene of them making out and then being like, you know, 
we shouldn't do this. And then both being like, you're going to be back over here in five minutes to keep it going. That I was like, oh, they must have like an on off thing through the years. No, they just met. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. They're just they're just a, a man and woman. Yeah. So what else would happen? <laughs> right. If course. they were near each other. I'm a man. You're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Short round is here. <laughs> yeah. Right. What about this is turning you on? Hey, Indy. Also, there you were go just to a her bunch room. of snakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't bring her into your room where Short Round is sleeping. Absolutely not. Yeah. Why are you waiting for her? Even? There's no there's no mystery as to what really should happen. No. You go to the room where there's that. not you know a nine year old. Yeah. Where you're <laughs> some a nine year old who. <laughs> You're their best friend. Your best friend, yeah. Yeah, because nine-year-old says, <laughs> nine-year-old, uh, short round is like, he's my best friend at one point. And I was like, God. oh, no. I, I hate Spielberg little kid stuff. I hate it. It is pretty awful. I hate it. Um, okay, so Indy accesses underground tunnels where the thuggies make human sacrifices in honor of the goddess Kali. He also discovers that they have three of the five Sankara stones, and they're using the children taken from the village to find the other two. Like a ton of children. Yes. It's um, like, a, yeah, they they like a child army. Kidnapped every child in the village. Right. The head of the thuggies, Mola Ram? Ram? Mola I can't Ram. remember. Ram, yeah. Thinks having all five will mean he can conquer all world religions and have ultimate power and honor Kali. The bad guys get the jump on Indian Co. Short Round is made to work with the children. Willie is prepared to be a human sacrifice. And India is forced to drink some sort of mind control potion from a skull that makes him all out of it and makes him work with the cult. So he's like fine with Short Round being enslaved. He's like, you know, helping set up Willie to be sacrificed. He's totally brainwashed. Now, what do you think of, of this? Because there's this whole ritualistic thing of like they can rip your heart out of your body. That was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, Mola Ram just kind of like takes his hand and just like, huh, and just like pulls somebody's heart out and pulls his still beating heart out. It's like David Copperfield walking through the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China. He just sort yeah. of puts his fingers on your chest and then he can pull your heart out. Right. And you're still alive. Yes. Then they lower you into a pit of lava and the I heart know. bursts into flame when your body touches the lava. I know. I was like, is this an active volcano situation here? I, I don't guess know. It, must it is be. like Dr. Evil's ideal layer. Yeah, it really is. Also, no stone is unturned. These bad guys pay a lot of attention to detail. There are skulls everywhere. There's even like a pulley system, like metal pulleys, and there's like a little skull at the top of the pulley oh, really? system. I was like, wow, this is a little precious. Somebody no? was in charge of interior decoration. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't you guys have real work to do? Why yeah. are you? But anyway. I've often wondered what this mind erasing goo is. I don't know. It's poured out of the, one of the, and here's another thing, like talk about like the relics and how people are killed by them. Yeah. There's also such a wonderful trend in at least the first three Indiana Jones movies of really gruesome corpse puppetry. Uh-huh. Where it's like, you know, yeah. you'll see the remnants of a body on an old booby trap. Right. And for Temple of Doom, this this mind erase goo is poured out of a skull. Like there's like a spigot that comes mm -hmm. out of the corpse's mouth. So it's right. like the corpse is vomiting into Indiana Jones's mouth. Yeah. It's crazy it's wild stuff i think there are things that i might like about this movie no there i mean that's cool the set design is pretty rare although the, the the literal set itself looks a little like a high school stage by today's standards i i agree i was thinking that like i, I like a lot of like the individual pieces that yeah. are there um but if you look at it as a whole it does look very 80s and like what are you gonna do like it yeah. does, not even just 80s it doesn't look it doesn't look real. No. It looks you like know? you're at the Indiana Jones stunt show Pretty much in Orlando. At, yeah, at yeah. Universal or whatever. Yeah. Um, so luckily, Short Round is able to break free and he snaps Indy out of his super by burning him with a torch as well as the little Maharaja. They free Willy. <laughs> oh, Chrissy! Come on. Grab the stones and book it. But not without opposition. All <laughs> kinds of fights and escapes happen. <laughs> In little train cars, on rope bridges above croc-infested waters, the whole schmear. Little train cars. Minecart. Oh, yeah. What do you think it was a little model train they escaped on? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you call that a minecart. It's mine a fairly cart. iconic minecart scene that even went on to inspire Donkey Kong. Oh, of to course. minecart chases. Yeah, yeah fun. Uh, finally, when it's looking tough during combat between Indy and... Uh, Mo wait, my friend. Mola Ram. Yeah, Mola Ram. Uh, Indy invokes the name of the god Shiva, which causes three Sankara stones he has in his bag to glow red hot and burn through it. 
Uh, Mola Ram tries to grab them, but two of them just fall down and the third is too hot. So it burns him and he falls into the water below. So I said it's croc infested waters. There are tons of crocodiles down there. Tons of these bad guys are falling down there and they just show the crocodiles like eating fabric. And I like that every once in a while they show a crocodile spinning, yeah. like happy, like showing its tummy. It looks like he's having fun. Yeah. 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 He's having a good time. Uh, so yeah, so Indy is able to grab the final stone safely and he climbs out, uh, just as the British army who has been called by the Maharaja gets the bad guys. He, Short Round and Willie help return the children and the stone safely to the village. Well done, Indy. Good on you, Indy. Restoring prosperity to the mm -hmm. village in addition to all the stolen children. That's right. Um, also, I like that the uh, elephant in the movie that once blew Willie with water, there's a callback where it blows her again. Oh. Short Round finds it funny both times. He goes, ha, 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 funny, funny. Ha, 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 f very funny. Yeah. Really yeah. projecting that he thinks He's, it's No, funny. it's really good. It's a uh, tell and not show yeah. kind of moment. So are these Sinkara stones real? No, they are not, but they are based on Shiva lingams, which are representative of fertility and some other stuff, which I'll get to. Whoa. Uh, in, it's a weenie. In Hindu lore, I'll tell you in just a little bit, a priest named Sankara ascended Mount Kilisa, where he met Shiva, who gave him five stones imbued with magical properties that Sankara, the priest, could use to fight evil. So these stones are cylindrical to represent, partially represent, the formlessness that all creation starts with. And they can be seen in Shiva temples and shrines all over the place, apparently very common in India. Interesting. Uh, people also sometimes wear small versions of them on necklaces. So they are supposed to be powerful, but the movie kind of remixed the idea with the bad guys, um, where the bad guys want to use them in honor of Kali instead of Shiva, who they're associated with. Ah. Um, because Kali is often associated with death, and these are bad guys. That makes sense. There's a line in the movie where Indiana Jones says to Molaram, say hi to Kali mm -hmm. in hell. Yes, that's Which right. is mixing ideologies in a really weird way. So, like, the good guys right. in the movie associate the Sankara Stones with Shiva as they are associated in real life, in real at least life. their inspiration. But then the bad guys in the movie pervert them to be in honor of Kali. That's pretty interesting, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Kali is not all bad. Just... He's just a deity of, of death. and Deity of death. It's complicated. So let's talk a little bit about Kali. Um, you may be able to kind of picture her. She's a goddess. A fierce looking blue or black goddess with at least four arms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One holding a decapita decapitated head. One has a knife dripping blood. Uh, she's wearing a necklace of other smaller decapitated heads and a skirt of arms that she has ripped off of people and her tongue sticking out. Damn. So she's ready for battle, this scout. I can picture her, though. I think, is she popular for tattoos? I, yeah. I could swear I've seen mm -hmm. her in like a tattoo book. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. uh, she's sometimes seen with one foot on her husband, Shiva, remember him, uh -huh. who's lying on the ground. So true, Kali is the goddess of time, death, and doomsday, but she also represents mothering energy and Shakti, which means feminine energy, fertility, and creativity. Oh, okay. So a lot going on here. Um, so there are a bunch of different stories about how Kali came to be and her basically just completely kicking ass and taking names, just like there are in other different kinds of mythology. Uh -huh. Like there are a bunch of different origin stories for Greek gods and goddesses. Same deal here with Hindu mythology. And here is just one of the stories that I came across and I enjoyed. So there was a very bad demon named Rakti, Rakta Bija, which means blood seed. Blood seed. Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, who was causing tons of problems, as you might imagine, with a name like blood seed. I wouldn't think everything would be sunshine <laughs> and rainbows for blood seed. Hunky dory. Uh, pretty standard demon stuff. But he was unique and especially problematic because if you fought back and cut him, every drop of his blood that hit the ground created another demon. Oh, my God. It's like, how are you going to fight this guy? Because he's just kind of reproducing constantly. Yeah. Uh, so the gods got together and gathered up all of their Shakti energy, that creative and feminine energy, because everybody, man or woman or anywhere on the spectrum has both of these energies in them um, to create something powerful enough to de 
to defeat Rakta Bija, and that was Kali. Hmm. She went and swallowed all of the demons whole so as not to spill any of their blood and avoid all problems, and then cut off Rakta Bija's head and drank all of his blood so none could touch the ground. Whoa. Hell yeah. That's like, that's pretty badass. It's awesome. She ate all of them whole. I'm just going to eat you all entirely so there's no blood, and then I'll suck all the blood out of your head. Mm -hmm. So none of it can spill. Yeah. It's awesome. So the thing is, she's obviously extremely fearsome, but she's going after the bad guys, protecting the good. Hello, mothering energy. (laughs) Uh, But, (laughs) (laughs) bye. Oh, boy. But anyway, people mostly focus on the scary stuff because it's like, cool. So she's got that kind of rep. And that must be why they had the thuggy doing bad things in her name. So the thuggy. That's interesting. Is that even a thing? Right. Debatable. Oh, okay. Uh, There is a debate about them being real. Some people think that they were made up by the British and used as a tool to control people, to control the people of India by force. By being like, look, you should really like be into us because we're protecting you from the thuggy and it might not have been that they were even real it's like the mob making up that exactly i think i wrote that yeah 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 um but there's evidence that the thug so it's there's it's kind of conflicting i think that it's that i i believe that it seems to land that the thuggy are real but there are people who say that maybe not it's just a, a thing uh, so anyway, there is some evidence, though, that the Thuggy were a real group in India in the 1800s, but um, ties to religious beliefs, like in the movie, haven't been found. They kind of sound more like the mafia uh, and that they robbed and murdered people. So some of the fu- some of the Thuggy actually did follow Kali, but not most, and there's no evidence that sacrifices of any kind were made in her name. Hmm. The Thuggy, if they did indeed exist, seem to have disbanded by the late 1800s. So that's why there isn't a whole ton of like factual hard stuff on them. Interesting. So now let's bounce back to Shiva. Okay. Now I remind you that they said that the Shiva lingam stones were kind of like rounded or cylindrical in nature because it symbolizes the formlessness that all creation must first take. Which I think is pretty cool. I like that. I actually love that. But you may love another explanation as well. So Shiva is a super important god in the Hindu religion, one of the holy trinity along with Brahma and Vishnu. He often symbolizes goodness, honor, and protection, as well as being the destroyer and creator of all things. Oh, wow. Um, I really like that the gods and goddesses in Hinduism seem to usually encompass more than just good or evil. I was about to say the same thing. Known for one thing that's like their main deal a lot of the time, but there's almost always, at least in my understanding, like the other side of that. I like that too, because like anything else is like a simplified, like this is good. That is bad. When all things are gradient, Mm -hmm. you know, that's interesting. I know. I think that's really neat. Uh, so the universe is said to regenerate in cycles in Hinduism, and Shiva destroys the previous universe at the end of a cycle and creates a new one. He also abstains from all forms of pleasure, relying on meditation to bring happiness, and also, no big, is known as the master of thieves, and also the leader of evil spirits and ghosts. Master of thieves and bloodseed. Yeah. These are two of my favorite bands. Hell Yeah. <laughs> So here we go. So how did the stones, the Shiva Lingas, come about? A story says in mourning after the death of one of his wives, Sati, Shiva went to the Daru forest to live with the sages there, known as Rishis. But the Rishis' wives started taking quite an interest in Shiva, making the Rishis themselves jealous. They sent an antelope and a tiger to dispatch Shiva, but he made short work of them and started wearing the tiger skin. So he's like, I got it. No big deal. So they cursed his manhood, which fell off. Oh, no. But when it hit the earth, it caused earthquakes, which scared the Rishis and made them beg forgiveness. Shiva granted that forgiveness, but told them they must forever worship the phallus as a symbol linga. Whoa. So formlessness of all creation or weenie weenie mm-hmm. whoa yeah indy with that weenie that's right i also when i first read the word linga associated yeah. with this i was like 
I'm aware of something called a lingam massage, which is a sexual thing, I believe, from the Kama Sutra, but I could be wrong about that. I remember seeing something about it on that HBO show Real Sex that was on in like the 90s. And there was also a thing about it in Sex in the City. And I was like, huh, Linga, what's the deal? And so I guess that that's why it's called that, because it was his weenie. Do you have to let it linger? Do you have to? <laughs> do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. All right. So that's the basis for some of the things in Indiana Jones. So really, what they're all fighting after... Shiva weenies. I'll tell you what. I I never got a scene in Temple of Doom where somebody lays out some of the lore and backstory. I know they the, move through it really quickly. They blaze through it, and it's one of the best scenes in the first mm-hmm. one to me. I know that like some people might call it like expository and slow. I love a good lore drop if it's I especially do too. if it's like you know written well, delivered well. I love hearing somebody tell a story, mm-hmm. and I wish that the story that you just told. I wish there was some analog to that in the movie. Yeah. Whether it's somebody that's like downloading Indy on the significance of the relics that they believe in, mm-hmm. or Indy himself as a font of knowledge explaining to Short Round and Willie like Definitely. why this is important and why it matters to him and why it matters to these people. I know. I was thinking the same thing when I did the research and I'm surprised or I wish that there was something with Indiana Jones because he seems to know all this stuff. Right. Just giving like a little explanation because it's really cool. It is really cool. And because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, when you watch the movie without having any of that knowledge yeah. or background, it just feels like it's the definition of a MacGuffin. Like, I don't know, this time he's going after a stone. A stone? Sure, a That's stone. important to someone for some reason? Exactly. But yeah. it, it comes from a real life concept, which brings authenticity to, to his pursuit. Right. So, yeah, that's a shame. I they, know. They blew it. I know. Temple of Doom sucks. Man, I hated it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Unless... For the rest of your life. I don't think you so. You might be. Yeah, that might have been it. Why would I? Why would you? I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. Like, like I said, there were like things here and there that were neat. But as a whole thing, I, I could not wait for it to be over. Yeah, I completely get that. Now, when are we going to have this knockdown, <laughs> drag out, indie four yeah. fight? Because I swear, for anything that people point I to like Indiana it. Jones for and they go... The fri- oh, he's in a fridge. And the monkeys. The, they go fridge, yeah. monkeys, and then some of them even go that CGI gopher at the beginning. And aliens. Oh, yeah. And aliens. That's, I love that's the aliens. four things. Yeah. I got Willie Scott racism. <laughs> like, underdeveloped plot. Yeah. Like, there are so many more. Screaming all the time. Oh, my God. Everyone. Come at me. I'm Listen, oh, I'm William. in. I'll have this fight. I'll do it. Bet You're talking directly to Bethany. Bethany, I've been working Bethany with you. strongly. I'm calling you out, Bethany. <laughs> We're going to have this fight. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana Jones 4 is fine. I'm not saying it's gr- This is also going to make like it hard it. to argue. I like it. Yeah. Oh, I do like it. But yeah. I'm saying, like, I can acknowledge that there are problems. Oh, certainly. But I like watching it. I like watching it. I would readily watch Indiana Jones 4 again. I will never watch this again. It is tonally closer to the good ones, uh-huh. one and three, oh, than sure. this is. Now, here. This is an anomaly. This, this, this is an anomaly. Yeah. Firmly agreed. Mm-hmm. I used to. I used to line up Indiana Jones and the Die Hard franchise. Mm-hmm. One is like perfect. Yeah. Create something that's super fun anyone can enjoy. Two is a little rinse repeat and a little off and doesn't feel good, feels cheap. I always forget and angry. that when I watch Die Hard. I'm like, I, I always forget what two is. And then when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, that's right. I don't, I don't like want this. this. Yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. And then three is when the creators go, uh, I think we need to repeat what the first one did well. Right. And it's like maybe almost rivals the first one. Absolutely. Then they each make a mega gap. Scream did this as well, by the way. Yep. And then there's a surprise fourth one that people go, yeah. oh, I hate it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's actually all right. Oh, totally. Yeah, for both of these, it's the case. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. you know, Die Hard 5. Die Hard 5, that's the one where he keeps saying good. he was on vacation, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't like that one, but I do like Die Hard 4. And we've got Indiana Jones 5 on yeah. the way. I wonder what's going to happen here. I mean, I think it looks really good. I think that this, it, it looks CGI. I can't tell if it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is, but like there, there are like big set pieces where it's like a parade, mm-hmm. and it's just like colors everywhere, and it's yeah. hard for my eyes to focus. But yeah. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. 
But is it going to be another black sheep? Are we going to suddenly realize, like, is Indiana Jones, all the odd-numbered ones are really good? Right. And the even-numbered ones are, like, lesser? Maybe. I mean, there's only a teaser for it now, right? Am I remembering There's right? only a... Tr- there's a full-on trailer, okay. I think. Bethany's in the chat right now. Oh, oh, live. Bethany, I want to talk about Indiana Jones 4 with you. <laughs> I do. And I think we need to do it with microphones. Yeah. That sounds fun to me. Yeah, I, I don't have enough to say. I guess I would have to rewatch it. You can yeah, be like yeah, the yeah. ref. Okay, yeah. But secretly you're like on I my said, side. I, I like these movies, but I, I don't really have like a real like deep knowledge of them in this way. Secretly, you know? I think you can be on my side because no matter what, secret. if you try to ding <laughs> Indiana Jones 4... I'm sorry, there's a worse one. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's absolutely oh, I'm true. I'm so excited about this. I love talking about Indiana Jones. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank all right. you all so, so much. Let us know if you enjoyed this as well. I would yeah. love to talk about the other two Indiana Jones yeah, movies totally. ahead of the new one coming out, which I yeah, think would be a lot be of fun. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, feel free, let us know. I also know that there's a whole... Uh, world of Indiana Jones books, games. Yeah. I've never really taken a look at them, admittedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love offshoot things in this world, like the Uncharted series, which is similarly yeah. based in these these relics where are they paranormal, are they not, how are they used, and scary things that emerge from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having a good time opening this door. Yeah. Um, so thank you, everybody. At GTTU Pod on all social media patreon.com slash pod if you want to help support us and our Scream 6 review is sitting there waiting for you right this second. Yep. And you can also follow us online. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. I at some point vaguely recently posted a defense short of Indiana Jones 4 mm-hmm. and specifically how tired I am of the uh, there's not a fourth one joke. We've heard it all. I know all the lines <laughs> and I'm here to rebut <laughs> we'll see you next time, everybody, for some more horrific for, for what? Horrific. Mm-hmm. Horrific? Yeah. Rick it back. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next time for some more horrific adventures. Mm-hmm. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go we. A red line Woo. around the globe. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. The red line is me. Run rushing around the globe like Superman to spin it and to, to try speed to speed up time to erase the moment that you saw Temple of Doom. If only, so glad you looked. Bethany at it. says, "Any time, any place."